zone. Episode of the Fantasy Football Shop. We missed him for the last two weeks, but he is back. Our boy, Big Blue. Big Blue, what's yo, up, man? Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, man? Great to be back with the fellas once again. Yeah, um, Matt was a little disappointed in the lineups that I gave him when he came into the shop. So you were definitely missing Head Barber. So I'm glad that you're <laughs> back, though. Yeah, it's good to be back, man. Good to be back at the Brothers to Fantasy Football again. Yes, sir. And as always, we are joined by Matt. What's up, Matt? What's going on, fellas, man? Happy to be here. It's uh, scorching hot in New York, but, you know, I'm here in the shop where there's some AC, so I'm good. All right, good. I'm glad. <laughs> Let's take care of the business. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at the FF Shop. Make sure you follow me at the Mage underscore NFL. Follow Big Blue at I Bleed Blue Forever, EVA. And make sure you follow Matt at Mr. Chris172. We are anywhere that your podcast can be heard Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it. Go listen. Please check us out. Uh, if you already listened to this, then you already know that. But let's get into it, boys. First thing up, we missed Big Blue last week. We went over his said, I, I like to call them the seven deadly sins. But he likes to call them the seven bull predictions. So, Big Blue, I'm going to give you a chance to uh, – Matt and I discussed it last week. Anything that you want to reiterate about your seven bull predictions. One of them, by the way, is starting to look like it's coming to fruition. Yeah, I know exactly was one that is. That's my boy, Jay Rob. I've been telling everybody it's a top five running back this season. Reason mm. being, everybody kind of got a little shook and got a little scared when uh, Travis ATM was uh, drafted. I wasn't worried about that one, but you don't take a guy like Jay Rob and bury him, who have 1,400 scrimmage yards undrafted and, and, and almost carried that team, basically, with no quarterback. So once again, you, you come out, you hear the reports about Travis Yen taking wide receiver snaps, and kind of like he want to be a what you call a gadget guy. And I think J-Rob still will be a top five running back in our offense because of that. Matt, any concerns? No concerns, man. Um, you know, at this point, what Big Blue said a couple of weeks ago is it might become a reality. And uh, the way how Urban Meyer was saying we're going to use him as a wide receiver or kind of like a Percy Harvin type, it's a great possibility that j-rob could get the same amount of carries that he got last year maybe not the same amount of catches but with trevor lawrence at quarterback his touchdown numbers may go up so the fantasy value is still there like it was last year it might even improve so uh you know stay tuned with this situation again i'm on the opposite side though just because if you do take away some of his targets Last year, James Robinson, 14 games. Now, granted, don't forget, they're going to play 17 games this year, 18-game schedule. So he could sneak into the top five, but everybody else will also play the additional game. So he did have 240 attempts for 1,070 yards, 10 total touchdowns, seven rushing, three receiving, 49 receptions for 344 yards, and he was ninth 
in points per game with 14.1. So even if Enti cuts into any of those receiving um, targets, that number is going to go down from that aspect. Now, you've really got to hope that he is going to. You're looking at 1,400 yards, but you need that rushing-wise. So he had 14 all-purpose yards last year, 10 touchdowns with 49 receptions in PPR leagues. Sorry, let me just change this for one second because I was looking at standard scoring. So in PPR leagues, uh, James Robinson was seventh with those 49 receptions. So he's right on the cusp there with 17.9 points per game. So he's right on the cusp of the top five. So if you take away any of those receptions from him, I don't know, Big Blue. He's going to have a tough time uh, squeezing into that top five. He'll make it. Yeah, he needs he needs fourteen hundred yards rushing just to keep pace. Well, I don't think he he would get the fourteen hundred yards rushing, but I definitely think he'd get twelve to thirteen hundred close in that mid range. Um, it's not like it's it's hard to do. I don't think it's you know it's far fetched or far reach for him to do that. We have seen it done a couple of times with a, a couple of teams in the NFL. That has that had two running backs that came to over a thousand yards rushing and uh, or even a thousand yards rushing period. So I think Jay Robert just that guy, man. I just think he's just that guy who has it all. He has it, he proved it all. And he, like I said, it's hard for a guy that's undrafted to come and carry that team that's basically just sucked last season. Hey, look, it, that's why it, that's what you and Matt bring to the table, man. You guys, like I said, I'm more on the consistency model. You guys will. I mean, put it on the table. I'm trying to keep it PG here. So you guys will put it on the table. I mean, and honestly, you're not afraid. You're not afraid. And that's what I think because, you know, I've given Matt a ton of credit for Robert Tanyan last year. So when you guys hit on guys like that, that people didn't hear of, I know that you were high on um, James Robinson last year uh, when other people weren't big blue. So, when you guys are right on that, it does lend credibility. So we'll see what happens this season. But let's move on, though, uh, from Travis Entheon to Julio Jones. Supposedly, the Atlanta Falcons are listening to phone calls for trade offers on Julio Jones. Matt, you and I have talked about this. I know what some of your uh, destinations are. Let's start with you since uh, Big Blue took the last one. Where do you think that – Julio Jones should be traded to, and where will he have fantasy success? That place is the Packers. Um, you know, he will go there and immediately immediately be the wide receiver two, borderline wide receiver one with uh, Devontae Adams. You know, you got Aaron Rodgers that's playing, you know, his best ball at this advanced stage in his career. Um, you know, it's the same offense that he would be in when he was uh, when uh, Mike Shanahan was in Atlanta, when he had that 1800 yard season. So he's familiar with the offense already. Um, but, you know, this will be the perfect time for him to transition from being the wide receiver one into being a wide receiver two with a Hall of Fame quarterback. I believe that would be the best spot for him fantasy wise. So it's Green Bay for you, Matt. Green Bay for me. All right. Big blue. And I and I also want to keep Aaron Rodgers away from Denver for other reasons, but yeah. <laughs> we, we can circle back on that. We can circle back on that. I want to give Big Blue his due uh due time though. So yeah. Well, you know, 
we, we heard the, the few rumors that about the Patriots, but I think the best team for him to go to be a dominant wide receiver too would be the Buffalo Bills. I would definitely love to see him beside Diggs over there. I understand Gabriel Davis is, you know, still young. He's coming up, but having Josh Allen the way he's been playing lately, man, you give him another weapon like Julio, it just rocks off, man. I think that's when you would definitely have the uh, the two thirteen hundred uh, receiving your uh, receivers over there. But I would definitely love to see him in Buffalo, man, with Josh Allen and those guys. Mm. I wasn't even thinking that. That's a good one. The other one that uh, is interesting, and I mean, I'm not going to take credit, but Matt has said this privately, is San Fran because you bring up Shanahan. So he would be reunited uh, with uh, Shanahan in San Francisco. Um, They have now a big arm quarterback over there in Trey Lance. Who knows whether or not he starts the season? Is it going to be Jimmy Garoppolo? And they do have pretty good wide receivers now in terms of Brandon Ayuk, who I really like a lot this year. And then Debo. Uh, Debo uh, fell off a little bit last year, but he was injured, though. So, And then you have uh, Kittle over there as well. So they have a lot of distribution when the ball can go around. But uh, Julio in New England, I know that uh, you alluded to a big blue. Uh, That just feels like Randy Moss to me all over again. They can certainly open up that offense, and then what what they would be able to do, they got to get some of these guys. They got a lot of speed guys, though. They signed Nelson Aguilar in the offseason. They got Kendrick Bourne also uh, who could work underneath. So that seems like a decent fit for them, too. And they also signed the two tight ends, John Smith and Hunter Henry. So they, they're going to have options available. I think – any wide receiver like Julio Jones going to uh, New England has to be respected, though. So uh, for me, I'm going to say New England. I know that's probably a cop out, but I think that's probably the best landing spot for him. Without doubling down, I do like Green Bay as well, too, Matt. I think that's a really good choice. Um, and then you're talking about two 1,300-yard receivers, uh, Big Blue. They got Devontae Adams over in Green Bay as well. So Oof. we'll see. And then they also have uh, Aaron Jones working underneath with A.J. Dillon. It's not a bad situation there all around for Aaron Rodgers. But who knows? Let's see if he still uh, wants to even be there or not. Exactly. Well, I'm, 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 I'm going to touch on something real quick, uh, fantasy value-wise. Speaking of my top 10, I did have Devontae Adams that he would not be a top 10 receiver. And if Julio Jones goes there this year, mm. he would most definitely not be a top 10 wide receiver because not only would it just be Julio and Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers is the guy who loves to spread the ball. Robert Tanya, who we loves a lot. Um, Matt Guy, who brought him up, who would be a big factor in the offense this year. Um, he would have a lot of fantasy value as well as, you know, uh, Lazard. I still think that's what, you know, he's going to be involved heavily in the offense. They still got, you know, guys who can catch up the backfield. So I think that just proves my point more about Devontae Adams not being the top 10. Mm. Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate on that one. Uh, <laughs> now, I mean, I, I don't think that's a crazy prediction that, that you said about uh, Devontae Adams finishing outside of the top 10 because we've seen that. He's kind of had a uh, – 
top five finish, then he'll finish out of the top 10. Top five finish, finish out of the top 10. So I think this is the off year for him where he would finish out of the top 10. But adding Julio Jones to the offense, wouldn't it take away some double teams from Devontae Adams as well, allow more one-on-one coverage? Well, I mean, it could. But let's talk – we're talking about long, arms, fast, speedy Julio Jones here, man. We're just talking about no little stiff, no John Brown walking up in there. We're talking about Julio. <laughs> Didn't right. talk about Julio Jones, man. Julio's, so Julio's game has been really well at um, kind of elongating in the field, stretch – Right, getting downfield, those deeper plays. Whereas Devontae Adams has kind of made his living uh, more recently is in the slot, kind of playing underneath over the middle. So it would complement one another pretty well, no? Yeah, I'm not saying they wouldn't complement, but I just don't think he'd be a top 10. He'd do good. Fair enough, Matt. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm on the side with Big Blue, man. Like, you know, these type of predictions, man, like if, if he goes to Green Bay, I, I, he might be right again, man. You know, it may sound crazy a couple of weeks ago, but it is gaining steam now uh, as far as Devontae Adams not uh, uh, being top 10. I understand the trend where one year he's good, the next year he's off, and this is the year that he's supposed to be off. But, uh, man, um, <laughs> it, 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 it might have some life to it man <laughs> just might <laughs> but uh, but 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 uh, at, at the same time man you know this is Aaron Rodgers and you know even though he does spread the ball he's going to get the ball to his guys and Julio would immediately be his guy Devontae is already his guy and Robert Tanyan is as well so uh all of them will be fantasy relevant as far as uh Devontae not being top 10 that's a very strong statement but if Julio does go there, it would it would definitely shed some light on that prediction. All right. So moving along, give me one veteran fantasy player that has been devalued that you think might have value again this year. I have two players in mind, actually. So – but I'm going to let Big Blue start off with this one. Mike, Mike Evans. Brennan guy. I don't know has why. Has he really been devalued, though? Yes. He don't get the res- – he has lost the respect, man, from a lot of a lot of people. He's he's not even – I don't even think he's going in the first and second round. I think he's like now third-round receiver. But the guy's putting them numbers consistently every season, man. He's constantly being overlooked. So I think he returns to form again this season with Tom Brady. He took less less money of a contract, and I think that's just, that's just going to better his value. I don't think nobody's over there that does more than he does. I mean, you got fast guys like Godwin and Brown and Gronk, but to me, I think Mike Evans, man, he he he's he's that guy again who reminds me of T.Y. Hilton, who always getting looked every single year. He never get drafted high, but always performs. And I think this year he would be another top receive him of over a thousand yards receiving. So I think he's, his value goes back up. All right. So again, it, it, it's me versus Matt and big blue. So that's how this podcast works. Yeah. <laughs> but I see, I, I don't know. I, I have a problem with Mike Evans in terms of, right. I, I mean, 
Mike Evans has always produced, always produced. The guy has never had one season under a thousand yards. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if people are necessarily devaluing him though. So, but my problem, my beef with Mike Evans, it's you're right. When you look at the overall points every season, he's up there. Mike Evans is up there as a top wide receiver. The reason why that he's disrespected is because he disappears during parts of the during at points during the season. He's very inconsistent. Seven points, 26 points, two, five, 16, 10, 42, eight, like seven. Like you don't know what Mike Evans you're getting from week to week. And the <laughs> fact that he does put up those huge weeks, those monster numbers, the 42 points, the 30 points, that skews his season long. Uh, projections because at the end of the season, you're like, oh, wow, this guy was a top five wide receiver. But I think that's why people are fading uh, Mike Evans. I don't know. I guess I'm kind of defeating my own point here in terms of devaluing him. If there's any reason to devalue him, I think it's because of the inconsistency. I don't think it's because of his lack of production. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. When we get, let me rebuttal to that right quick. Absolutely. Well, one of the main reasons why I said it, we got to realize we're not talking about just some, you know, Taylor, Taylor Henneke or Ryan Fitzpatrick. We're talking about Tom Brady here. And when you have rapport with him and he looking at you like, yo, you my guy and I'm fine. I'm looking for you. It's, it means something. And I think that's why he would return to form this season as a top he would be more consistent. The, the, the targets would be there. Brady's going to look for him a lot. He's a big target. He's going to look for him down the field. And it's, and it's going to be lights out again for him. I think those numbers would be consistently every week. All right, Matt, who's your one player? My one player, and, and he's kind of like in the – statistically kind of like in the Mike Evans area. He's really not disrespected, but I feel like – he was on his way up, and then he tore his ACL, and then a few other things happened after that. I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. With the addition of my, uh, Matt Stafford, and hopefully Cam Akers could restore that running game that was once owned by uh, Todd Gurley, he was ready to reach that, that level, and then he tore his knee. So with all those elements, Matt Stafford's strong on be able to put the ball anywhere he wants and a running game. I believe Cooper Cup will enter – that that next tier above where he's at right now. And, and you know, I, I think he's about ready to kick down that door. All right. I have a couple here. I'm not really sure which way to go. Um, I'm just going to throw a couple of names out there for the audience to enjoy. One, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon went very high last year, not going nearly as high in startups as he was mm. last year. I mean, got to see whether or not he has a bounce back year. I think that he's still capable of that. The offensive line is, I don't know, but they put weapons around Joe Burrow. So again, you got to be able to play the threat, which I think is going to alleviate Joe Mixon. It's going to take the pressure off that line. He's not going to see as many stacked boxes this year, but again, he has to produce two other players that I like also um, Tevin Coleman. I want to see how Tevin Coleman does this year. He had some value. I uh, had some value with San Fran. He is now back in a uh, Shanahan system. So he has uh, Mike LaFleur there in, uh, right? Yeah, Mike LaFleur 
in uh, New York with the Jets. Right now, heading into camp, I think he's projected to be the starting running back. So we'll see whether or not he can have any type of success in that offense. We know that they did draft Michael Carter and they have LaMichael P. Ryan from last year. LaMichael P. Ryan was a sleeper that I really liked. I like his size, uh, height, weight, but it looks like he's going to probably be on the roster bubble. So he's going to have to prove himself in the offseason. And one player, this is the player I'll claim, T.Y. Hilton. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. T.Y. Hilton Mm -hmm. back. He finally has a quarterback Mm -hmm. that can throw downfield in Carson Wentz, which was T.Y. Hilton's specialty. So I like T.Y. Hilton this year to have a bounce back year. I know he's a little bit older, 31 years old. Uh, He hasn't had uh, really a uh, 200-point fantasy season uh since 2018 but i think he's on the cusp for that he's got to just stay uh, healthy if he does i think he's i think we're looking at another productive year at ty hill and we might be able to get another two to three years of value out of him as long as carson wentz can stay healthy there not just Mm -hmm. carson wentz michael pittman if he could step up and take over that wide receiver one role which it looked like he has the traits that will also help T.Y. Hilton because he 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 held that crown for as long as he could and took a beating week after week after week. And, uh, you know, he, he obviously he's not young anymore. He still got that big game in him. But like you said, Carson Wentz and hopefully the growth of Michael Pittman, that will help uh, uh, T.Y. Hilton flourish uh, even more. Well, and converse to that, I also liked Paris Campbell in the offense as well. So, yes, I, I definitely like the T.Y. Hilton pick there, but I do not like the Joe Mixon. I've never been a fan of Joe Mixon. I think Joe Mixon just doesn't have what RB1 is. Um, I understand about the, the weapons he got us around him now. I understand the line. He can't stack the box. I just think this guy is not a good running back. I think he's okay. I just don't like him. Tevin Coleman, to me, unless his legs was replaced with rubber or mechanics or metals, I don't see him because every time this guy even look at a football field, he's broken up. He's scared. So I would have to see him play at least six consistent games without even getting injured before I even think about Devin Coleman. Jesus, that's harsh, man. On a Sunday? That's kind of harsh, bro. (laughs) I got to speak the truth. The one thing you forgot about Joe Mixon, though, this guy could pack a punch, so. Yeah, he can. (laughs) He can. All right. So, I, guys, I put out um, a tweet today. So we have a couple of questions. I think we should go into the question section now before we move on to uh, our rookie mock draft. How about that? Let's go. Okay. All right. So I'm going to open this up to both of you guys. Let's go with the first question. Can Des Fitzpatrick make a name for himself in camp battles versus Josh Reynolds? Hmm. I think so, yes. I think he can. He can battles. Uh, Josh Ben has been around for a long time, man. And he he's that guy. I mean, he he only shows up like every once in a blue moon. And then he goes, then he goes away. He come in, have a good game. They come in the field, like, where is he? Perspective, if he can come and look like yo, I can do this every single game, I definitely have, he has a big shot to start over Josh Ben. Josh Reynolds, he's on the Titans, right? All 
I was nodding Hello? my head, but I guess you couldn't say yes. Yeah, I couldn't say all right. Um, I'm gonna say he has a great opportunity to start over Josh Reynolds because you know, Reynolds was in a perfect situation with uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, or even when Brandon Cooks was there, and he just quite never, right? You know, had a a, a firm grip on that spot to where you know they had to draft uh, Van Jefferson, and then they drafted Tutu Atwell after he left. So he he and he's still young, so I, I don't think he has any value. And also, you know, with the Titans, their offensive coordinator is now with the Falcons, so. You know who's to say that offense will remain the same? That you know that remains to be seen. So I I would give the edge uh, uh, to the rookie. And let's not let's not forget, even when Josh Brandon had good games, he was even he was even a waiver wire pick. <laughs> so nobody never trusted him to even pick him off the waiver wire. It was like, oh, he had a good game, whatever. And then you, that's why. So yeah, Patrick definitely has a come a chance to come and take that spot from Josh Reynolds. All right, so here's the one thing that I'm going to talk about with uh, Des Fitzpatrick. So one of my biggest pet peeves in the fantasy community is that whenever they use the term vacated targets, all right, my biggest pet peeve with that is because somebody left, so those it was, so those targets are vacated. No, they're not. They're going to go somewhere. So, right. right. <laughs> I mean, it, they're right. not really vacated targets. They don't just vanish into into thin air so those targets are going to go somewhere it doesn't matter um i i i just love that the fantasy community comes up with these terms that just you know it like really doesn't make any sense vacated targets is something i hate and when people say oh well, i'm gonna stack i'm gonna stack a player you're stacking matt ryan with julio jones before it's dynasty it's, it, it, or or it's season-long mm. fantasy the stack doesn't matter. You want the two players that put up the most points. You don't get double points for having two guys on the same teams. The mm-hmm. only time a, a stack ever comes in handy is when you're playing daily fantasy. That's it. So because if a guy has a really good game and that wide receiver has a really good game, that's the combination that you want in daily fantasy. Season long never matters. Never matters. I hate the term stacks. All right. In dynasty football. But that's Fitzpatrick. I bring up the vacated targets because the Tennessee Titans lost Corey Davis to the New York Jets. So uh, they took him in the fourth round, six foot two, 210 pounds. He has the size of an NFL wide receiver. Somebody's got to take pressure off of AJ Brown there. Otherwise, mm-hmm. AJ, something's going to happen to him pretty soon. <laughs> but I mean, somebody's got to be able to take the pressure off him. I like Des Bryant to start over Josh Reynolds. Um, I don't think they necessarily – I don't think they signed anybody else, did they? Wait, you said Des Bryant or Des Fitzpatrick? Des Fitzpatrick. I, I, they might sign Des Bryant at this point. <laughs> did, they, did they sign anybody else uh, wide receiver-wise? I don't think so. No. I don't think so, no. Uh, give me a quick second here just to look up their – They let Khalif Raymond go. They let Corey Davis go. Yeah. And, no, um, they let John Smith go. So, I, I mean – they have A.J. Brown, obviously, we all know. Josh Reynolds is the um, uh, free agent that they signed. They have Nick Ikeen Westbrook, Chester Rogers, Cameron Batson, Mason Kinsey, Des Fitzpatrick, Cody Hollister. I mean, honestly, guys, this is wide open. So, 
I do That's like this. Patrick is starting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? I mean, I do yeah, like he, I, he definitely, yeah, he definitely starting. I, I yeah. do like his opportunity to start here uh, for Tennessee. So especially being that they lost Corey Davis, I like that as well. Um, one more question here. Who is the RB2 in Atlanta? We saw pictures of Mike Davis recently. Mike Davis doing his best Saquon impression. I mean, boy, he's looking thick. Yeah, yeah, he, looked, yeah he, looked, he buffed up a little bit. Yeah, he a little buffed up a little bit. I mean, holy crap, man. I mean, we're talking about Mike Train. I, I, that's what I'm going to start calling him this season. That's a freight train right there. But you, you, I, I'll, My bad. You, no, go ahead, go ahead. I'm done. With Mike Davis, right, he had an opportunity a couple years ago where he was signed to Chicago to be the starter to only lose his job in training camp to David Montgomery. Now you fast forward to Atlanta. He's he's clearly the, you know, top, you know, top guy for the job heading to training camp. And they really haven't drafted a guy. They have like two other undrafted guys there that they brought in for competition. They let Edo Smith go. They let um Brian Hill go so it, it looked like is is going to belong to Mike Davis um as far as the RB2 um uh what's his name uh uh Javon Hawkins I believe that that was an undrafted guy he looked like he's that speed back that yeah Javion Hawkins that Edo Smith was supposed to be for them it looked like he would be that guy but um yeah, man, it, it, you know, Mike Davis, he, he looked like Nick Chubb right now in that picture, but, you know, will he will he bring those results? Well, look, I mean, Mike Davis is certainly uh, filling in for Christian McCaffrey last year. He, he did well both in the run game and in the passing game. Um, I know you mentioned about him in Chicago. Obviously, he came over from Seattle, I believe, at that point. Uh, he was with Seattle before coming to Chicago. Right? Yes, so yes. um, he got this opportunity because of what he did last year, filling in for Christian McCaffrey. So I like Mike Davis this year. But uh, Big Blue, uh, who is the backup to own in Atlanta? I'm going to tell you like this. Y'all listening? Listen this. Uh, Come here. Uh-huh. Y'all listening? Right, Y'all listening? Closer. You know who the RB2 going to be in Atlanta is? Mike oh, Davis. Davis. I'm not buying this Mike Davis starting running back crap in Atlanta, man. He's going to be RB2 to somebody. I think they're going to find another running back. They're going to sign somebody in a trade for somebody. He's going to come in and look, make, make, look, make Mike Davis look bad and have that starting job. I am not buying the hype. I don't care if he put on muscles. I don't care if he looks good. Show me that you're able to carry this. I'm not buying it. So Mike Davis would be the RB2 in Atlanta. Ooh, uh- Okay, let, let me interject one one other thing here. You're only allowed let, one hot take per episode. Uh, he, he's he's on the money so far. He, I'm I'm going to support Big Blue. That's my guy. You know, I'm I, I'm not with you right now, uh, uh, Mage. I'm I'm with I'm with Big Blue, so I'm going to support him. <laughs> Sony Michelle. Mm. The the Patriots look like they're ready to move on from him. You know, they 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 like uh, Damian Harris. They got uh, Ramondre Stevens in the draft. They bought back James White. Um, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Does he make another homecoming, you know, from University of Georgia back to Atlanta Falcons? I know it didn't work out so well with Ty Gurley last year, but, you know, Sonny Michelle's still kind of young. He's healthy, no surgeries. You know, I, if that happens, I could see Mike Davis being, uh, you know, the, the backup. So what, what do you guys think about that? 
How are they going to afford him? The Atlanta Falcons have like the third worst cap in the NFL. They're $1.6 million under the cap. Which is why why they're fighting like hell to get rid of Julio because they can't even sign their draft picks. Well, uh, that and this is another thing which we talked about here on the podcast. Um, and uh, I'll give it credit. AWOL Saber, Saber Metrics, I believe it was. Uh, Patriots fan. We had him on uh, Clapback Sports. But uh, he corrected me today. I was looking at that $40 million dead cap, uh, which, again, it, it would be. They're paying him $23 million, so it, it would create negative $17 million in cap space. But – if they trade him after June 1st, which we're only, what, seven days away from that, eight days now, uh, they actually get money back by trading him. So I believe the cap hit would only be $7 million. I think they free up like 15 or $16 million, something of that nature. So they wow. would be under the cap by trading Julio Jones, but it has to be after June 1st, though. And then they would carry the other portion of that dead cap forward um, into next year. So – I can see that if it's something that's done after June 1st, maybe Julio Jones is part of a trade to the New England Patriots, including. Mm. So I can see that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just say, nah, it's crazy. It's dead in water. I like that. Uh, oh, so you're, you're on the outside now. No, I do like Mike Davis. I do think Mike Davis is going to start this year. Only reason is too is, I think the situation in which Atlanta's in, I think Atlanta's trying to push the reset button. If Atlanta's trying to push the reset button, I don't think they're adding any big pieces for this year. I just don't. If you're trying to win now, you're then you're not trading Julio Jones. Okay. So, but, but wait, hold on, hold on. But they trade thank, thank you for finishing my thought without, without even me saying the word. <laughs> See, we we here, we here. I like that. Like By the way, it doesn't doesn't Sean look a little bit like Mike Davis? No way near it. I, 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 I think Sean could play. No way near. No way near. If it's if it's. <laughs> well, let's let's just say we, I bought this crazy theory of Mike Davis being the RB one. I'm gonna go ahead and this and, and answer the listener question. Listen, there's no clear cut who's going to be the RB two. Just some guy, JV and Hawkins. They got some guy named Caleb Huntley. Um, Quadri Allison is there there. I believed in him a couple of years ago. They got Cordell Patterson. He would probably use more than any of those guys to come and get some, still some run plays and out the backfield because he's been doing that for the past couple of seasons now with Chicago and um, um, Patriots. So it may be Cordell Patterson. I, you know what? I don't hate that. I I, I, I forgot that they even signed Cordell Patterson. Because he's listed as a wide receiver. You know what? I'm with you, Big Blue. I don't hate that. I think you're right. I think Cordero Patterson might be the same back there. <laughs> but, but if they if if they do trade Hula, which it looks like they will, I mean they still have, you know, uh Hurt Hayden Hurst at tight end. They could move Kyle to wide receiver. And they, you know, I wouldn't say they won't skip a beat, but I mean he's probably going to be more of a wide receiver than a tight end moving forward anyway. So they look like they got everything covered, you know, building for the future, relieving themselves of some cap room. And, you know, if it is the Patriots, you know, Sony Michelle, I see Sony Michelle coming back to, to Atlanta, not coming back, but, you know, getting traded to Atlanta. So, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of moving parts, but we all making sense of it. 
We all we all we all agree <laughs> on it. We all on the same side of the fence here. You know, it's not two against one. Matter of fact, being that we're on the topic right now too, because I'm just looking at the depth chart. I mean, should people be buying Russell Gage right now? Just in case yes. is traded. Yes. 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 Go find him in any store you can. Look on aisle 12 and find him <laughs> mm. now. Mm. Get mm. him now. Russell yeah, Gage he, is going to be a, a top fantasy sleeper. Shit. I don't think he's going to be a sleeper. I think he's going to be a, a name in people's mouth. You know what? I'm going to have to see if he's in, available in some of my leagues. But looking at the depth chart, that does make sense. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, let's move on. Uh, we're going to try to get through the first two rounds of our most recent draft. Look, we're in a lot of leagues together. Uh, so I'm picking a Dynasty Superflex League uh, draft that we did, rookie draft. Let's go through it real quickly if we can. Uh, if we can't get through the two, uh, two rounds, we'll definitely do round one, and then we'll try to come back to it next week. Okay. But I just want to give the listeners a little bit of an idea on where players are going, whether or not we agree with the value, and then uh, – just some brief analysis on the pick. So, Big Blue, I'm going to lead off with this one because I know this is your boy. So, Najee Harris was the 101. Najee Harris has pretty much been the 101 in every draft that I've done. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think we're all in consensus with that. I know you really like him a lot. I'll give the floor to you. Najee Harris is the best running back that came out of this class. I've been watching this guy since he's been in Alabama. Me being an Alabama fan, the guy has everything you need in a running back. He's a three-down back, can even be a four-down back. He does everything good. He runs, he catches, he's hard to tackle. He's like a, he's like another bell, man. He's but I think he's a little better. Um, he follows his block, he cuts through the holes, he got great speed, great hands, and he just he just hard to tackle. He's 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 <laughs> he's a force to be reckoned with, and I think he's gonna carry our offense. So even in redraft, I think he's a first-round pick. All right. And plus, let's face it, they don't have a whole lot of competition there. They, exactly. They had for a couple of years. Uh, Jalen Samuels, uh, Anthony McFarlane, who they took last year. Uh, they took Najee Harris early. So uh, I agree with that. I always favor running back over wide receiver. Um I hate people or don't necessarily agree with the zero running back strategy. I think you need running backs. Uh, wide receivers are a little bit easier to come by. I mean, we're talking about Russell Cage. They are. Uh, yeah. They so. are. I, I, will say that, right. I will say this real quick. Go ahead. 2016 Zeke Elliott. 2018 Saquon Barkley. That's what Najee Harris is going to be. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say on that. Preach on that, brother. I agree. All right. Again, Superflex League. So the 102 in this uh draft was Trevor Lawrence. I don't see any disagreement there. So uh what how do you guys feel about that? You're all in agreement with that? Super flex league? Solid starter. They yeah, were. yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's coming in to be yeah. Uh, I mean yeah. in terms of talent, Najee Harris, I get the one on one best player available next would probably have to be Trevor Lawrence. You get him, especially if you're projecting him to be that Andrew Luck franchise quarterback type super flex league. Um, I like it. So our boy Big Blue took Kyle Pitts 
with the 103? Well, listen, man. It hurt in my heart for me. It's <laughs> a tight end that. premium league, by the way. So tight ends do get uh, additional points uh, for PPR. Yeah, listen. Kyle Pitts. First of all, I needed a tight end. <laughs> I had to run the back. I wanted Najee Harris. I wasn't able to get him. Kyle Pitts, to me, was the next guy on the board. That was the next best thing on the board. And that's why I had to grab him. I think the guy has super talent. Super, super talent as a as a tight end. I think he's going to come in real quick and turn heads immediately. The guy does, every, again, another guy who does everything well with his feet, with his hands, with the route running, with the catching, with the the this hard to catch. He's got speed. he got everything, man. I, the All guys right. had dress and test, so I got him. Matt, I'm going to give you a chance to talk on Kyle Pitts because I know you've been a big supporter of his as well. So do you like Kyle Pitts being drafted ahead of Jamar Chase in rookie drafts? Yes, because of, you know, the one, the tight end premium. Two, he's going to be used as a wide receiver. And three, he's going to be a red, a red zone uh, monster. So, you know, he may not get as many targets, catches, or yards than a Jamar Chase, but he damn sure will get the touchdowns. And that is all the difference in the world. So, and, and, and you know, and if they do trade Julio, those targets and yards and catches may go up to be on the same level as Jamar Chase as well. So, you know, stay tuned. All right. I think we're only going to have enough time to get through the first round here. Okay. Uh, so that's good. We could save the second, third, and fourth rounds because that's a little bit more where you want to dive in a little more into the weeds. That's where uh, Matt says that's where you make your Absolutely. money. Absolutely. That's how you right? do that's how you, you got, got A rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah, mm-hmm. look at those prospects later on that nobody is talking about. So let's move along. 104, Travis, um, Etienne. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. The only other thing is, would you take him ahead of Jamar Chase? Me, no. Yes, I would, because despite what Urban Meyer says, you just may never know. He he may turn into that running back that, uh, you know, like a Jamar Charles. You, you just never know. So, I, I I would uh, I would take him ahead of the wide receiver. Yes. So I do like Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is with his old quarterback Joe Burrow, high high volume passing attack. But I always favor running back when it comes head to head with any other position. So I agree with Matt um, with the one hundred four. I like Etienne uh, with that pick. Although Jamar Chase is very, very, very close uh, because of the situation. Who went at 105 in this pick, uh, in this draft? I have no arguments with that. What about you? Nothing. No. Solid. All right. Uh, Like I already said, Jamar Chase reunites with his uh, quarterback from LSU. High volume passing attack there. Hopefully Joe Burrow will be able to stay upright long enough to get him the football. Uh, Joe Burrow has a pretty decent arm too, so he can move that ball. Now, Devontae Smith went 106. Uh, let's take a second here to find out how you boys feel about this because, hey, he went to Philly. Oh, man. Um, I, I honestly don't like to pick there at six, man, just because of Philly. Um, I don't think that chemistry is going to be there at all. I don't care if he's with Jalen Hurts or 
anybody. I just don't think Philly know what the heck they're doing in the offense right now. And I think that's going to mess up. I hate to say it, it's going to mess up his talent. I don't agree with the pick at the end number six. And you were a big supporter Very of big supporter. Uh, Smith coming into uh, rookie drafts. So uh, let me ask you a question. Who would you take ahead of Devonta Smith in this situation? I would have took Waddle. I would have took, like I said, Jamal Chase. Um, well, Jamal Chase is off the board already. So I still would have took Waddle's. Um, Javante Williams? No. No. Not ahead of no. Devonta Smith? No, I'm going to take Javante Williams. Okay. Matt, how do you feel about this pick? I mean, he. I think my my mindset on look on wide receivers entering the draft is please don't go to a team where you have to be the wide receiver one. And he just so happens he went to that team. Um, you know, they don't have a clue on who the running back is going to be. You know, Ertz might get traded. You know, the quarterback is Jalen Hurts. Who you know is he going to help or hurt Devontae Smith value moving forward? Because you know he's not you know the prototypical quarterback, but hopefully he grows into one quickly. Um, for fantasy purposes, I, I I just don't see the value in it year one. He's going to have to show that he's going to be a, a – he's going to have to show to be a grown man as a wide receiver day one, year one, week one, all the way to the end of the season. And I just don't think he, he could fit those big boy pants. Literally, can't fit it. All right. So with the next pick, it was Javante Williams. So especially given my situation, I do like Javante Williams. I may have taken him ahead of Devonta Smith in this situation. I don't think Javante Williams is going to have as much value in year one as he will have in year two. Melvin Gordon's still there. I think they're going to kind of ease him in. Javante Williams is a do-it-all type of running back. I do like him in Pat Sherman's system. Let's not forget what Saquon Barkley did under Pat Sherman's system as well. 2,000 all-purpose yards. Not saying he's quite the same running back, but he could have the same success. Real quick, my rebuttal to that, man. I I listen. The reason why I'm so, I'd be scared of Javante Williams is over there in different but simple fact of Phil Lizzie wasn't a garbage running back. He was a great running back. And they, they didn't feature him a lot and nothing. I don't know what he did or what happened. I mean, he was a good running back. So <laughs> what more can Devontae Williams come in and do that Philip Dizzy couldn't do? Devontae Booker. Bye-bye, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, man. Devontae Booker and Royce Freeman entered the league as, you know, legitimate three-down running backs that could catch running block. They go to Denver. And it just so it just so happens that they they haven't been able to showcase any of that. Javante Williams now, you know, he's a powerful runner. He reminds me of you know what Denver Broncos had back in two thousand. Mike Mike Anderson, if anybody could remember him, who had a fifteen hundred yard season his rookie year. Um, Javante Williams is built just like that. Um, is he going to get those opportunities? Not really being a pass catcher out the backfield with uh, Melvin Gordon there. This draft pick is really based for next year, 2022, not 2021. So, you know, if, if, if you try to get a guy to help you now, obviously I don't think he's a pick, but, you know, moving forward, he, he will be. All right, so I'm going to throw this one to Matt. 
uh, because this was obviously his pick. So where did the draft go? With the 108, Kadarius Tony ahead of Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Jalen Waddell, Zach Wilson, plenty of names there, man. 108, Kadarius Tony. What were you thinking, Matt? Um, thinking with your big blue heart. Yes, I, I yes, that's one. Number two, I don't believe I needed a quarterback. And uh, you know, when it comes to fantasy, man, you want to take a running back who could catch. You want to take a wide receiver who could run. Well, to be fair, I'm just looking at your team real quick. Superflex League, you have Daniel Jones, Teddy Bridgewater, Kyler Murray, Taysom Hill. Um, you don't have a whole lot of depth there behind Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray. Teddy Bridgewater, big question mark. Taysom Hill, huge question mark. So Yeah, but you know what? If I was to take a quarterback, you know, is he – I get it, you know, COVID injuries, bye weeks, I get it. But I just felt like – I'm getting a head start with a guy that could do a lot more than people would think he could do. Um, this might be more of a year two type of uh, acquisition instead of a rookie campaign, like what Big Blue said a couple of weeks ago that he'll get a thousand yards receiving. I don't think he will get that. I don't think he needs to get that. But as far as being able to run the ball and being in the passing team with uh, all the other receivers on the Giants, I think that he will do pretty well. And I think he will serve me right as a first-round pick that other people believe that he's not. Well, I've seen you take uh, picks way ahead of where other people are valuing them. Um, Kadari Sony, I feel like, is a guy that could have won in the second round, but he may not have been there when you picked again in the second round. Hey, I said this earlier. I'll say it again. You guys love and you guys love hard. So uh, I think plenty of people would be okay with that. Although I do want to take this opportunity to also pass around a good tip that I heard. A lot of people or I, the tip that I heard was do as many mock drafts as possible and do not take, do not draft any players that you like. See where other people like them. See how other people value them. So this way, you know where to get the guy that you want. So, uh, and I bring that up because we talk about Kadarius Tony uh, being in the first round. Most drafts that I've been in, he's gone in the second round. So, uh, next pick, 109, Trey Lance, followed by Justin Fields. I don't think that, again, in a super flex league, I feel like that's kind of expected with the quarterbacks going in the first round whatever order that you kind of prefer them in. But Big Blue, do you like taking Trey Lance and Justin Fields ahead of Zach Wilson and Jalen Waddle? No. Well, I like Zach Wilson a lot. Um, but Trey Lance, to me, just reminds me of the the guy that just <laughs> – he gives me that Justin Herbert feel, man. Um, Trey Lance? Trey Lance. And – I think he's he's not may not be the same you know skill set type of player, but I think he comes he's going to come in whenever he starts and he's just going to take off. Zach Wilson has a lot of pressure, man. Zach Wilson has a lot of pressure. I don't think he I'm not saying he can come and do it, but he just have a lot of pressure. Trying to fill some shoes that you know the quarterback that went in the first round, first overall, first second overall pick that couldn't get the job done, and now it's like looking at him like okay, we're looking at you now to carry this team. Can he handle the pressure? But I like right, so 
after after Trevor Lawrence, how would you rank the other quarterbacks? After Trevor Lawrence, I I would definitely go Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and am I who am I forgetting? Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Matt, how would you rank the quarterbacks after Trevor Lawrence? Um, I'll rank it the same way. I mean, it, it, if from a fantasy dynasty perspective, I mean, Trey Lance next year, I mean, he may not be the starter this year, but next season, whew, uh, you know, that, that might be scary. Um, you know, Zach Wilson, oh man, he has a lot to overcome just being a Jets quarterback. And, you know, the, the, does he has a better supporting cast it, right now than what Sam Donald did during his whole tenure with the Jets. So hopefully he's ready to be what everybody hopes he, he can be. I like the offensive system, but um, yeah, I would, I would definitely go in that order. All right. So real quick, and um, I don't think you necessarily answered the question, Big Blue. I'll also ask uh, Matt the same question. Do you like Trey Lance and Justin Fields being taken ahead of Jalen Waddle? Yes or no? Yes. Big Blue? I said, yeah, I don't see it. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Uh, All right, fine. So Jalen Waddle with the 111 and then Zach Wilson to close it out with the 112 based on both of the comments that you guys just said with the quarterbacks. um, I think that we are both in agreement with that. So I do think that that is a pretty typical first round. Uh, There were some question marks there in terms of uh, whether or not ETN would go ahead of Jamar Chase. Uh, Javante Williams ahead of Devonta Smith for me. Obviously, uh, Matt thinking with his heart taking Kadarius Tony. Uh, Listen, I'm putting I'm putting it what? on the table. I'm putting it on the table. I, I'm blaming you for that, uh, uh, Big Blue, because I think he took him after seeing your seven bowl predictions. <laughs> That's why he took him in the first round. Listen, so, I like Tony. I like Tony. Tony Tone. So. All right. The, the one. Uh, wait, hold on. The, the one thing that I know that everybody else is is going to be able to witness soon enough is that when Big Blue speaks, he doesn't miss. I'll leave it at that. Appreciate that compliment, my brother. It means a lot. Well, we'll see because now everything is on. Rec- uh, it's being recorded, so people can go back and play it. Anytime that you are wrong, anytime that any of us are wrong, <laughs> in our face. so for your sake, Big Blue, uh, I hope that you don't miss, but uh. that is going to wrap up this episode of the fantasy football shop. I think this was a strong one, guys. I think this was our best one yet. All right. So look, Let's we go. need to get this train rolling. We need to get people out there. People need to start listening to this. Um, I'm telling you, we're putting out pretty good content. We're going to have a lot more stuff coming. The first couple of episodes were a little rocky. We kind of get used to everything. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I really like the flow of this. I think it was really good. We included some uh, listener questions as well. I'm ready, guys. I'm looking forward to this. We got the head barber back, Big Blue. Look, that's going to wrap up this episode. I think it's time to close down the shop, boys. What do you say? It's, it's yeah, like man. these doors, man. It's like All these right. doors. It's going to wrap up this episode of Fantasy Football Shop. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Peace and love, everyone.